Hi, it's Larry here of Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the official Xbox podcast. This is the September edition. Hey, gang, welcome back. Is it really September? Hello. It is really Ooh, September. We're, we're somehow we are, we've entered the September month. And it, where did the summer go? At least here in Seattle, summer's still going along. And Rebecca, here's the weather. How's the summer in New York? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know what? September is a great month in New York. It's hot, but I'm not just soaked in sweat as soon as I leave my apartment like I am in July and August. So right. I'm happy. I like September. Good. Yeah. Well, speaking of sweat, we're going to talk a little bit later about Gamescom, which you were <laughs> over in. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Jeff, good to see you. Welcome back. Thanks. I know you- what's your pu- what's your pumpkin spice latte count thus far? If it's apparently September, how many how many are we on right now? Me or, Larry? or Rebe- yeah, I, yeah, Larry, Rebecca? I don't have lattes. I have my little espressos, and I'm done. Oh, and he has a little bit of a Italian accent to that one. What about you? Even go to Gamescom, <laughs> Rebecca. That man, I, you were you missed out, by the way, on uh, on being there. Uh, so you were you were at Gamescom, and I want to ask you all about it. We'll talk and about it. Uh, and I'm uh, but one of the main differences, as everybody knows, between the U.S. and Germany is they don't have Diet Coke there; they have Coke Light, or as Larry likes to order, a Coca Light. A coca light. Uh, a coca light. I like the Italian. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff makes uh, it, fun of me every year for that. Look, it's it's either that or an espresso. So, uh, you know, you want to practice that. At least when you he doesn't say Germany. espresso. That's all. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's come on, please, please. All right, Rebecca, anyway. how many PSLs have not- you had so far? I am not a pumpkin spice latte girl. Uh, it is just too sweet and too creamy. And yeah, sorry. I'm. I will go for a caramel brulee latte though. Um, I usually oh. ask them to make it like easy sweet. Yeah, um, but the mm-hmm. pumpkin one. I mean, if you looked at the nutritional <laughs> information oh, on that, it's one, basically like, a candy bar. <laughs> it's basically a candy yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, wait, well, Jeff, um, <clears throat> how many PSLs are you? At? Zero. Cause I forgot it was September, but it's September 1st. So now I usually have one per year, usually right around In now. September. So wait a minute. Yeah, what, so I'm, I'm getting one today. Aren't you going to have pumpkin spice bubble tea? You know, are you talking to me? Why do they not have <laughs> that? Oh, that's I, right. <laughs> the closest yeah. I ever get is like taro. I mean, it's a root vegetable, uh, but is like super good. Um, well, I mean, they sometimes. could do because they have the matcha. Like a matcha, matcha iced tea with boba is usually my go-to yeah. drink when I go to get boba Those anyway. Good. So yeah, that could be a good. I I, I like yeah. a I go for like an, a roast. Like sometimes if you see like a gen matcha or something like that, there's a good one near. Oh, Why is there not a pumpkin spice flavor? Now. I I don't know I I, I don't like know what, what like. you guys are doing I just I I don't drink the bubble tea the the anyway but let's get to games because people want to hear about video yeah. games we're getting into fall with the games I know that um, Jeff I well Rebecca I want you you have been gone for a few weeks you've been traveling you're on holiday et cetera et cetera et cetera but let's talk about what you're playing and I wanted to hear a little bit about Gamescom and then Jeff and I'll talk about what we're playing so let's talk about what we're playing because I know you sent me a list so I've got some 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 B roll as we say in the industry Ooh. to show you so wh- <laughs> wh- where do you want to start Sure I'll start with what I have actually played so uh, like you said I've been traveling so I went to Gamescom I went to Amsterdam for a few days before that had a great time love Amsterdam Stroop waffles are the best um, but mm-hmm. so I had the chance to play mist uh, which is out on game pass um, I think it came out in like the 90s the the original game well and then and- I saw one of my well, t- to your point, I mean, here here it is here. This is a little bit of, this isn't you playing, but this <laughs> yeah. is, Myst was one of the first games that really was the, well, the killer app for CD-ROMs. 
So as you know, that and there's a whole story that um, the Miller brothers um, tell about, or the Rand brothers, sorry, um, tell about how they had to optimize the data on it. It's fascinating. But yeah, this is indeed one of the very first, if not the first uh, CD-ROM game and how they had to basically work. So it's a puzzle game. It was like, that was was the game that would like really, yeah. Well, that was like the game that would challenge your, your, like how powerful your computer was. It was sort of like crisis back in the day. There's actually two things. There's that, Jeff. And then it also, it, it challenged how powerful you were up here because we had no internet to go to. Right, you couldn't look at for the answers. You had to kind of figure it out yourself. I remember those days. Those at least days I did. That, yeah, that was around <laughs> the time where you started to get that. Because I remember the first thing I used the internet for was to print out like Mortal Kombat three fatalities, and then like coming <laughs> to the arcade with that printout. I was like, I got you guys now. <laughs> Your scroll. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, uh, I saw. Was, so I had a friend yeah. who posted a clip of. Um, just like the game's ambiance and uh, was like talking about how they love to play it back in the day. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, it's on Game Pass. It looks pretty cool. So I tried I started it. Um, I'm only like less than an hour in. I'm just kind of going around the island and getting right. my bearings and going, oh, this does that. And um, but so far, it seems really cool. And I figured, you know, if it's a classic game, I might as well give it a shot. Um, I think I was maybe a little bit too young when it came out. I don't know. Maybe not. But um, almost certainly. Yeah, I don't want. Okay. I don't want. I don't want to have any spoilers here, so I'll switch off of this. I, <laughs> so yeah, I think back in the you. day, it was I know like that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't want right? to see how the puzzles work. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think back then it didn't animate that way, so I felt like you like oh. clicked and it went and it would load up like a new image and it was sort of fined and whatever with like minimal animation. So that's like a a reimagining almost. If you end up liking that, I would definitely recommend you check out The Witness. Um, which was okay. from last gen, but is just like a, a whole island full of puzzle. It is a genius game, and um, nice. highly recommend. Yeah. So just to just to put a little this this game, uh, Mist is oh my goodness, it's almost thirty years old. Came out in nineteen ninety three. So um, and it was it was it was the Millers, Rand and Robin Miller. Um, they 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 kind of came out with it, and you you got to go read. Go read about it and, and the challenges they had about laying out the data, which are far from what we have today. So it's uh, enjoy that puzzles. Good puzzles are good puzzles, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I think my dad didn't get his first PC until like 97 or 8. So right. any games that came out before then I have played. Um but yeah, so that's what I've been playing. I've only been home for like a few days. Still not adjusted to the time zone. All caught up on Game of Th- uh, House of the Dragon, though, which I am a fan of so far. Good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the other two games, I obviously haven't played them yet. I don't know, Larry, if you're ready with the B-roll. But um, they were games that I actually learned, well, not learned about, but saw more of at Gamescom. Um, so I had the opportunity to walk around the show floor a little bit and uh, walked by THQ Nordic's booth. And they had this huge section dedicated to the SpongeBob, um, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake. Which that one I, really d- that cool. one I don't have for B-roll, so we can just talk right okay. through that. I'll, I'll, I'll go full screen okay. on you for that. No, it's it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. I loved SpongeBob SquarePants as a kid, teenager, and adult. An adult, um, but the game looks really cool. It's it looks like a third person platformer, just a lot of different like puzzles, kind of going through Bikini Bottom. It looks like it's going to have a lot of those kind of oh, that's so cute. I remember that from the show. Moments like that, so um, looks pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one I was looking at, which I know that Jeff is also really excited for, probably you too, Larry, is High on Life. Um, mm. So we 
That yeah, that so I have some action of, so let's play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks great. So we did, um, I'll get more into why I was at Gamescom in a second, but we had um, different like press meeting rooms and one of the rooms was for High on Life. And so they got to kind of show people some behind closed doors like gameplay. And I think it was playable on um, at the Xbox booth on the floor, which uh, I didn't get the chance to try it out. I was mostly hunkered down in the business center, which is a solid 15 minute walk without oh, yeah. any person Crowds, traffic yeah. <laughs> away from where the Xbox booth was. So going back and forth wasn't really a viable option, but um, yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, first person shooter. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, it'll sound immediately familiar. Um, I don't know, Jeff, you, you also are like wanting to play this one, right? Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Justin Roiland just has that voice and it's just going to be, everyone's yeah. going to sound that way. Um, but they had a game, uh, Squanch Games is is his his development group, and they had yep. a game that came out on Xbox last year, two years ago, called Trover Saves the Universe, which was also like one of those things where it was just very funny, and like you would, someone would be talking to you, and if you just put the controller down, they would just keep scripting. There was one point I did that, and it went on for over ten minutes. Like I just had to see how far this would go. But they also, you know, you talked about Trover Saves the Universe. They also had, I'm just checking here, Doctor Splurchy presents Space Heroes, which is on. Google Daydream. I don't know what that is. And then accounting back in 26, just, they've been, they've been well, ramping up their game development, um, their game development platform. But yeah, we're actually um, this weekend, at least in Seattle, or depending on where you listen, this is PAX is this weekend. And Jeff and I are going actually over to play some of the game at PAX and meet with Justin. So we're going to have some time with Justin. I'm going to try to get him on a future show as well. So I'm jealous. So maybe you, maybe I'll we'll have you do that interview. That could be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, that's, that's a fun game. So we're looking forward to that. How was yeah. PAX this year? How many gummy bears did you have? You mean Gamescom? Gamescom, <laughs> yes. What did I say? You said, said PAX? You said PAX. PAX. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I had, I had, okay, I had no gummy bears. Instead, <sighs> I bought some like local, or, like I went to the grocery store and I got a bunch of different snacks. They really like paprika flavor in Europe, which really? is interesting. Yeah, like when I was in France and England, I saw paprika flavored chips. Um, and then also in Germany, and I was like, paprika is not that popular in the US. We put it on chicken, yeah, but yeah. not on our chips. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I got like different kinds of like Sandra had brought some like, uh, like kind of like licorice, like fruity licorice. Yeah, Sandra's Germany our German. July. Lead. Yeah, he's our German counterpart yeah. over there. Yeah, we because we all got together in July and he brought over those and I took a picture because I was like, OK, I'm going to get another bag of those when I go to Germany next month. Um, so no gummy bears. But I heard there was like 250,000 people that went to Gamescom last weekend. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think people were wondering, like, oh, it sounds bigger when you say quarter of a million. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Better phrasing. Yeah, you act, you actually have a, a video. Do you want? Should I show this video now that you shot? Because sure. you you did so. This is a little video that um, that uh, Rebecca shot. Let me see if I can get it going. Here it is. Um, and this was yeah, explain to us what's going. Cause this is just yeah. There it is. <laughs> so it looks pretty empty, but that's just because I shot this on the day that was only open to press and exhibitors. Right. Um, the consumer day, it's just packed, like it's wall to wall people. But so what you see there is basically like the better lit area was like the hallway where it connects all of the different like boot like halls. And then this is like one of the halls. This is where the Xbox Ooh. booth was. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of see a like big so that first and yeah, let's go back. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. Like, ah! I know. It's cute. I know. The Minecraft Legends had a um 
a little like photo station too. And I did my, you know, the, ah, you know, photo yeah. that everyone does in the photo booth. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so the games come the Cole Mesa, the hall where it takes place is just huge. Like if you've ever been to E3, it's got to be like four times the size of the L.A. Convention Center. Easily. It's just massive. It is a pain in the butt trying to call <laughs> a cab or an Uber. I must have walked around for like 15 minutes because I got stuck in like some construction area. It was like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. What like you got? You got to walk so much. You got to walk to the business center like Jeff and I used to and then go down the hill to the train station. And then boom, you're in that underground drain station, right, Jeff? And then we would shoot. I can never figure out how to get out the same way. Oh, it's, yeah, well, very com- it's very yeah. complicated. So That's it's the a, game. There were times where I would do it right. And other times where I was like, I have no idea where I'm at. And Help. those are days where you walk like 20,000 steps in a day because yeah. yes, you're just that, trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. But um, so the reason I went to Gamescom is because uh, Minecraft Legends, uh, we flew some of our folks out from Mojang Studios. Um <laughs> It's cute. But so we we had a new trailer, um, but we showed press uh, gameplay in private for the first time. So we're saving our big gameplay moment for Minecraft Live, which is going to be uh, coming up soon, later this fall. Um, so we're going to like deep dive on gameplay then, but we wanted to have the opportunity to meet with press while they were at Gamescom in Germany and show them a first look at the game. Um, I have to say, I think that those went really well. The I think the people who came to the meeting were really impressed by how it looked. You know, we kind of had a hard time articulating what the game genre was going to be when we announced it. Like people were like, what does action strategy mean? Is that just another name for real time strategy? Right. (laughs) Um, But it makes a lot more sense when you see how someone plays it, because we kind of think like the action aspect is, you know, you're kind of in this third person view where you're controlling the hero and you're at the center of the action. So like you can send your troops to attack like a tower. And while they're doing that, you can clear out the other enemies that are attacking your troops and you can actually be in the combat yourself and kind of wandering around. Um, so that's how it's a little bit different from like a traditional RTS where you're just kind of pointing and clicking mm-hmm. and saying, go here, go here. Um, and then the strategy aspect obviously is, yeah, you're, you know, the, the, battles take time so we weren't even able to show a whole battle to the press who came to the meetings because they're so long so it was just like okay we did we got like 25 percent of the way there and then here's the cinematic <laughs> you know um but it was it was really good i i think for the people who play minecraft but not strategy games it's easy enough to come and pick up and then for the people who have played a lot of strategy games like they'll definitely see the appeal and see like oh i can you know be strategic in the way that i want to send these kind of units or you know the way that you develop your character so um you know i think maybe in a couple months let's bring someone on from the legends team to chat with me more about it so that, and ideally so that we can show a lot more gameplay too yeah this is what you're seeing right now if you're watching the video is the trailer that you guys revealed so we're just playing that again here if you're just if you're watching this on video on youtube or spotify so it looks looks fun but but yeah it's you know it's kind of an open world rts it's procedurally generated so everyone's experience will be a little bit different um i think there's a lot that people are going to like there's pvp there's co-op in the campaign so anyway i could talk about it all day but yeah it was it was great so we showed the game to press we did some interviews and that's kind of what the pr person does when yep. they go to a gaming convention that and walk around a lot into that so. <laughs> yeah. well well, we're, we're glad to have you back, and uh, I'm glad, thanks for updating on what you're playing. You've had a busy couple weeks working and playing. And Jeff, what about I you? You oh, hold on a minute. What you got there? Shirt. Oh, you sure do. <laughs> oh, nice. Hold on yeah. a minute. Let's let's go full screen on that. Go ahead and give us oh, a. Okay. There we go. I had the 
option to put my gamer tag on the back, but I didn't feel like paying an extra like 20 euros for that. But I thought it was cool. So, that's fun. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Um, anyway, Jeff, what, uh, what about you? What have you been up to playing? Because you and I have a, a, t- a co-op story that we'll share in a minute, but I want to yeah. make sure I give well, you the time. So I was on vacation and I and instead of doing like anything cool i just was at my in-laws house in california playing video games all week and let me tell you it was the best i i did that and i watched all or nothing arsenal on uh amazon video and that i i've the most relaxing vacation i've ever had so the game that really uh got me sucked in came out last week it's a jrpg which is running over my shoulder here uh called soul hackers 2 and uh so we know that coming up in, I want to say October, uh, the Persona series will begin coming to Xbox through Game Pass, Persona 5, Royal, which cannot wait for that. Um, and this is the same developer, Atlas, or same uh, publisher, I guess I would say. And um, all Atlas RPGs have like sort of a similar DNA where there's oftentimes like uh, more of a social element. And then there's also usually uh, dungeons that you're going through, fighting and capturing different um, uh, demons and, and I, you know, where you're able to fuse them together and sort of like, you know, constantly change uh, the way that you're battling to exploit different weaknesses and stuff like that. It's usually very stylish, really cool looking, great music. Soul Hackers 2 has all of those things. So I've been completely absorbed in it. Uh, while the Persona games tend to follow uh, students, uh, this follows adults, which is like a nice change of pace uh, that are in like a future version of Tokyo and uh, or a future version of Japan. I don't know if it's supposed to be Tokyo or not. And um, and they uh, are, you know, there's a, a big AI that's trying to stop the end of the world because, hey, it's a, it's a JRPG. That's what it ultimately <laughs> yeah. ends up uh, coming to. But I, I've really been very into it. And I think it's a little bit of a, a relatively shorter game by these standards. I, I, I think you can beat it in, in the 30-ish, the 40-ish hours, as opposed to sometimes you know, some of the Persona games may, may be closer to 100. So uh, this will be uh, sort of whetting my appetite and getting me excited for uh, a lot of awesome RPG stuff to come on Xbox this fall. So uh, very much recommend Soul Hackers too. Fun. Yeah, I know you, and then uh, should we should we segue into our our ridiculous yeah, experience? Yeah, something we were playing together. Yeah. So Jeff and I were playing uh, the other night. We're playing Saints Row. Uh, Saints Row. What's what? I don't know the version. It's just Saints Row. Yeah. Just Saints yeah. Row. Uh, okay. And and it's it was as expected, over the top, and we were having fun. It was you know co op, kind of drop in, drop out. We once we figured it out. But go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I, I would say I really like how they're doing co op. Um, uh, because it's sort of like no matter where you're at. I, I'm further in the game than Larry is. And it was like, you just join and we beat some missions. When he goes back to his game, he will not have They're to do checked. those missions next. Yeah. So uh, every game mm, does it a little bit different. Great. Sometimes they, they want to preserve maybe narrative continuity. This is like, don't worry about it. We just, <laughs> you, you'll just skip that mission when you get there. Um, and so I will say co-op. I had a lot more fun in co-op than, than playing solo. The game throws a lot at you sometimes. And um we started throwing back. So we, Larry very quickly recognized a voice of one of the characters. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I tweeted, yeah, I tweeted this out. Yeah. Uh, Eugene bird, who we know from gears of war, he is plays Eli. Who's one of the characters. Cause it was like, seriously, Jeff, I think it was like five seconds. I'm like, Oh, that's Eugene. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought he was familiar. And, and so we took him on a ride. Larry, do you have this clip here? I do. So this is actually one mission with, with him. And um, we were, and that's have, Eugene or Eli on the roof. Right. 
Right. Um, and uh, you're sort of dry. By the way, and this. That, that's why that's my radio <laughs> station. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, we're going through here, and it was just a lot of fun. Jeff is driving, I'm shooting, you know, trying to do it, and then things kind of went sideways here. So if you 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 might be able to see off the side there, um, you can use if you run over a fire hydrant, the torrent of water will push your car upward. And I happened to on that, I was trying to test out like I was trying to sideswipe a car. I ended up sideswiping a fire hydrant. Here, watch this. Well, here's the here's the wow. thing. It's the replay. Well, clearly Woo. that was probably not intended. The goal was the to physics. get away from those guys. We and broke we line of sight and, and we, we beat the mission because of it. So it all worked out. <laughs> but it's uh, okay. Wait, what did you do with the car though? Did you drive it? Yeah, Were we you just, able to just get it's it an open world game. Or? You just dispose it and you summon it later yeah. next time you go to the garage. So. Yeah, at the end, at the, at, at the, we got at the end of mission screen, which gives you the XP yeah. and the money. So it just kind of basically it was okay. like it was it was yeah. it was fine. But when we when we went up there, we and we were just having a great time because it was just it was that over the top the whole time again. Here we go, boom! And I was like, Gosh. I mean, we couldn't I have planned. You stayed on the top of the car too. Well, that's actually Eli. That's actually the <laughs> or, character. Or right, Eugene, you, yeah, the the AI. Right. So, but it was just a lot of fun to do that so it was a uh, was fun to play those open world sandbox games chef and i were talking like we're looking for a good co-op game to play and we found one so that there was fun um what else have i been playing nice. you've been playing anything else Harry? uh cult of the lamb which oh <laughs> which phil spencer phil phil and i were playing a couple weeks ago and he's like you gotta play it so i started playing it have you guys played cult of the lamb yet it's 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 i play the first hour or so yeah, yeah it's it's uh what, what it, it's kind of a a dark animal crossing right <laughs> Yeah, demonic <laughs> animal crossing. Yeah, yeah. that's um, fine. Uh, but that that one I'm playing a lot of. What else? Uh, Yars Re- Yars recharged, which I played last night. Of course, Saints Row. So I'm playing. Is that a, like a remake of the old Atari? Yeah, game? yeah. And of course, okay. we met Harold Scott, the uh, the designer, the gentleman who Harold did Scott ET. Warshaw. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's in, he's right in the credits. So oh, that's awesome. Uh, it was uh, fun to play that. But anyway, yeah, I've been playing a little bit of that, and uh, just kind of to your point, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're kind of getting back into fall in terms of the regular rhythm and getting, you know, frankly, to stay indoors a little more. Or in Jeff's case, at his in-laws with a controller in his hand. So I did look, I just threw my Series S in the backpack, went on down, plugged it into the TV, and I was like, leave me alone. And, we've got uh, uh, regret nothing. We've got a couple things. We've got Matt Booty coming up later. He's going to talk about we talked about packs. But I figured, Jeff, you've got some news we want to go over. So I don't know if we can roll sure. into, roll into that right now and then we'll roll into the Matt Booty interview. All right. So uh, let's talk about things to play. Uh, great announcement that actually hit over the, at this point, it would be close to a week. It was last weekend. Uh, but that uh, a series of games that are part of Humble Games are going to be coming soon to Game Pass. Most of these on console, cloud, and PC. There was one of them that's only on PC. Uh, but they include uh, Midnight Fight Express, Proteus, Ghost Song, Moon Scars, Infinite Guitars, Signalis and Coral Island. A number of these were, I think, were shown at um, at Gamescom. A number of these will be playable at PAX, so I'm looking forward to getting into those. Um, and if you're a Game Pass member, some of these are available. Uh, other games from Humble Games are available right now, like Chinatown Detective Agency and Next Space Rebels, uh, Unpacking, which is a great game. Um, and so, yeah, a lot, lot of uh, great support from Humble Games on Game Pass and a lot of things to play. Also, uh, now that you mentioned we are into a new month, that means new games with gold. So uh, available now, Gods Will Fall and Thrillville. And then second half of the month, Double Kick Heroes and 
really an all-time classic that I insist you play, Portal 2. Uh, and that'll be available starting September. Yeah, if you 16th. haven't played that, you you're missing one of the gems of the 360 generation. Absolutely, like takes takes the 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 portal action to like beyond. It's like fur, further further than you think you could. And one of those games that makes you feel smart when you when you figure it out. I yep. think I ended up just staying up all night. One, I was like, I think I'm close, and it turned out I wasn't, and I just stayed up all night. <laughs> that's, that's always the best, right? Until I beat it. It was it was until my first meeting the next day, but I regret nothing. Uh, interesting. Uh, you were talking about Atari yeah. and, um, while this is a, not an Atari game, but from that genre or from that, that time, Xbox and glass animals team up for a Pac-Man world custom console. So there's a lot of things going on there. Uh, but apparently yeah. if you see glass, uh, so glass animals, uh, my, um, uh, we went on uh, earlier version of the tour. Um, but when they were in New York, uh, for their Dreamla- Dreamland IRL shows, um, they they actually I guess they're big Pac Man fans and Xbox fans, and so this, you're this is these, these are artists for some people that don't know what Glass Animals they're, are. They're music. They're yeah. mu- they're musicians. Right. You've heard Heat Waves, I'm sure. They have a, a lot of other stuff. They've been around for a while. I don't they like won to best assume artists, anybody knows anything had, on this show. I don't want yeah. to assume anything. So I think they have four albums and they won Best New Artist like last year. Was, yeah. I don't know how. Don't ask me how the Grammys work. All I know <laughs> is they are good and. Um, uh, big soccer fans as well. No, I'm thinking about it. Anyway, you can win this Pac-Man, really cool looking Pac-Man uh, Series S console. Uh, there's an official sweepstakes uh, that's going on now through September 19th. I recommend you check out Xbox Wire, which is at news.xbox.com if you want to learn more. We also announced this week, a lot of shows. We have PAX this week. We had Gamescom last week. Two weeks from now is Tokyo Game Show oh, 2022. Miss that show. Uh, so uh, we are oh, pleased to confirm. Been. Xbox will be making its digital return to Tokyo Game Show. Uh, there will be a streamed broadcast that is curated for folks in Japan and Asia. It's a regional show. And uh, as such, that stream will be happening at 2 a.m. Pacific time, 5 a.m. Um, uh, you know, 5 a.m. Eastern. So it is it is made for gamers in Asia. Uh, it will be available on uh, Tokyo Game Show's official YouTube channel. This is not a stay up all night. This is a wake up the next day. Um, yep. And let me see. It will, yes. Uh, Tokyo Game Show it. will embody the solidarity of gamers and the promising future that lies ahead for our industry. So oh, what is what can you expect from the stream? Uh, expect to see updates on existing titles, from uh, Xbox Game Studios and titles launching from developer partners that we hope will develop delight players here in Japan, across Asia, and around the world. So there you go. Expectations okay. firmly in check. Feels, uh, feels good thing. to get back to things again. To your point, Rebecca, know. you know, getting you know you're at Gamescom, we're getting to packs, and things are kind of getting back into normal rhythm. I love it. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, just wanted to talk real quickly. Uh, a few games that will be out. Uh, by the time you hear this or early next week, uh, Destroy All Humans 2 reprobed. If you recall, they remade. I the love Destroy that All series. Humans. Well, they've remade uh, Destroy All Humans 2. It is available now. Tiny Kin. I don't know if that's about Stein, uh, but that is available <laughs> now as well. Uh, zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma. Um, we've had a couple of these Zero Escape games that have come out on Xbox recently. Um, and. Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is, um, there's a manga that, that's sort of, uh, there's been a series of games, uh, fighters that have like just tons and tons of characters. If you're into it, you know, and, um, Lego Brawls also out as well. So Lego, that uh, like quite fun. a bit to play these days. And, oh. uh, I was thinking about manga. My kid's gotten very into manga and 
anime as of late. Really? Are any of you into into that at all? All right, Rebecca, been, what are you watching? I've been uh, let's see, I just finished Jujutsu Kaisen recently, uh, and I've been rewatching Demon Slayer. So that is her favorite <laughs> right now is Demon Slayer, Ooh. and she got very into it. And I noticed that there was a a Demon Slayer game out for Xbox. Uh, that came out late last year, and I ended up buying it for her. Oh. And it actually, you you act, you relive a bunch of the stuff from season one. So, oh. like, I've kind of seen it over her shoulder. You want to know what your yeah. kid is watching, and I was like, it's kind of interesting. Um, and I may end hmm. up going back and watching it. Gary Whitta was is apparently very big into it. Gary Whitta, you might know, wrote Rogue One as part of uh, kind of funny yeah. on friend the of the show. <laughs> you know him very well, Larry. So. Um, Seems like I, oh, I need I'll have to, be to check on. the game out. You said it's not on Game yeah. Pass, though, right? Or it's not a Game Pass game. Uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made by CyberConnect Two, um, and if you know, you know. But like going back even like two generations, they would make these beautiful looking like Naruto games, Naruto. Uh, these fighting games, like yeah. these sort of arena fighters, and um, and like the game looks like the show. The game might, and sometimes even look better than the show uh, because <laughs> uh, there's more animation and stuff like that, and so. Um, if you're a Demon Slayer fan, which it seems like you are, uh, you should probably check that out. It's really cool uh, how, how they did it. Cool. We've got a couple other elements there, and then we are going to actually probably go right into Matt Booty, but I know you got a couple other things we want to talk about. Like, No, I like- just wanted to say, let's talk about that, because uh, uh, announced uh, during the week this week, uh, well, we had announced a few weeks ago that Matt Booty is going to be um, headlining or, or, or keynoting yep. uh, PAX. Larry, you're... You're you're a, a keynote yourself from. Uh, I'm part of Australia. that alumni club, right? You get do you get like a special jacket, like the like the the, the like a green jacket or something <laughs> like was, that with a crest. Yeah, I think you should get a crest. Pax crest. Uh, and it's going to be hosted or sort of uh, joining joining Matt will be uh, blonde nerd Brittany Brombacker, who you may know from What's Good mm. Games, um, and uh, is uh, I would say also a friend of the show. Yeah, yeah we've exactly. had her on. <laughs> so she'll be hosting this as well. And I guess you you talk to Matt sort of a preview of, of what the story time is. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But I want to just remind folks before, and I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit here, so we're getting back in our groove, is the Xbox yeah. Gear Shop has a back-to-school sale, Jeff. It's uh, And oh, Rebecca, it is now right? on to September 12th. You can save up to 40% off on select gear, gear.xbox.com. So. If you look, if you're looking for gear, you know it's 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 always a good place to swing by, and they got some good stuff. But that said, uh, speaking of gear, Matt Booty was uh, amazing to talk to. You both have spent some time with Matt, right, Rebecca, Jeff? Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's, yeah. he's really great. So I I love Matt. Yeah, let's talk to him, and he's going to tell us. He's going to give us a little preview of what you can expect from his PAX uh, speech this weekend. All right, as we discussed, I'm excited that. Matt Booty is joining me, CVP of Xbox Game Studio. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? It's going great. I got to tell you, before we get started, um, you and I have had fits and starts. I've never had you on the podcast. I've had Phil on multiple times, but you and I, for whatever reason, the timing has never worked out, but it has now. It seems it seems like we've tried to do this many times, so it's good to, to make it happen. It's yeah. happening, but I'm really excited to have you on because this weekend here in Seattle, PAX West, big gaming convention, you are doing story time, which is pretty exciting, right? Yeah, story time is a good way to, to say it. It'll be a, first of all, I love PAX. I think it's one of my favorite shows, always has been. Yeah. Um, it's just so much, it's so immediate, right? We do big shows where we've got this sort of scripted broadcast and things. I love those, you know. The They're highly the big, produced. <laughs> highly produced. But I love PAX just walking 
the show floor, seeing everything from the big publishers to small indie devs. And most of all, I just love the fact that it's developers and fans and players and press. It's everybody just mixed together. So um, one of my favorite shows. And it just feels like a good opportunity where we are in the industry right now with a lot of things changing to just talk about what's exciting about working in games. Why is it such a cool job? I mean, it's amazing what we get to do every day, right? <laughs> and uh, just to, to talk about that, to get some energy back into why it's fun making games, what's uh, fun about the industry, and uh, also just share how many doors are open to people that want to get involved, right? Never, uh, never before has it have there been so many avenues and different ways that people can pursue careers in games. So those are some of the things I want to hit on. I'm kind of excited to talk about it later this week. Well, I know that a lot of people are excited to hear from you because you've got a very interesting journey. And I don't want you to do the story time now so that people don't watch it or tune in because you've got just so many stories when they have so much time. Um, but you know, your journey through the industry was just so interesting. Um, and how you got there, give us a couple of the moments of the highlights. And I know you're going to go into more detail and during the story time at PAX. Well, uh, one of the things I'm most grateful for was the fact that I showed up at a place called Midway games in Chicago in the early nineties, where we made big arcade games and pinball games. And it was design and engineering was all just right there in a big factory building. And just the people that I got to work with, you know, Eugene Jarvis, the creator of Robotron and Defender, Mark Termel, who made NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, Ed Boone, who created Mortal Kombat. I mean, I learned so much from being around uh, those great designers. And, you know, that to me, that was just a golden era for me. There's been for the modern time that I look back on with that same fondness is really being able to spend multiple years with uh, Mo Yang and the Minecraft team. Yeah. Uh, similar thing, just around so many creative people. So for me, those highlights are really around the, the, the people that I've been grateful to spend time with. And hopefully we can touch on a little bit of that uh, and, later this week. Yeah. And you're going to talk about that during your story time at PAX West, which will be streamed if you're there in, you know, in person, of course, you can watch it, but it'll also be streamed on the PAX site. But I also want to be clear, because you and I chatted just a moment ago before we started recording, the surprises are going to be about your career. You're not coming in and dropping a bunch of other news, right? Is that is that what I understand? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be doing game reveals or showing up. I mean, for sure, I think we'll we'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on, right? From just the point of view of what's happening in the studios and how are some of the projects going. And you know, I want to hit on that. Uh, one of the things I'd also love to be able to just share with people is just a view into what game production is like uh, right now. You know, there, it's such a, a range from small games. You know, we have our game Grounded, which really started out with less than 20 people all the way up to something like uh, a Halo or uh, a Forza that's just got hundreds of people working on it at one point. So I'd love to be able to share a little bit more of a view behind the scenes into how that comes together, but we're not going to be doing any uh, big reveals or updates. Yeah, and, we, and of course, we just came off, uh, was it a week ago? We were just at Gamescom where we had a bunch of our <laughs> nice news that we talked about. And some of those... Some of those games, which we announced for for from coming out of this, you know, the studios that you run as as the head of, um, you know, the Xbox Game Studios, is some of them you've had a chance to play, like Pentiment, right? Yeah, Pentiment. Oh, well, first of all, it's great to see the reaction to Pentiment at Gamescom. I think it and uh, the nomination for most original game. I mean, that game to me sums up one of the best things about our platform and our approach to studios together, which is a small team that feels it's got 
creative empowerment, creative liberty to go make something that really is a passion project, but yet has the support to be something that hopefully finds a big audience, um, you know, and really interests a lot of people. And if you listen to the game team talk, they feel that the combination of the support that they get from our studio system combined with the access to players, the game pass brings, um, is kind of a great combo for them. So I'm excited, uh, Pendiment. We have, uh, been able to play it. You know, um, I call it what is, you know, the, the medieval monastery murder monk mystery. You can <laughs> throw all your alliteration in there. Um, you know, but it is, uh, absolutely the work of somebody who's got just a deep expertise and a deep passion for that subject matter. It's pretty cool. Well, when you look about when you look through your industry, you talked about a lot of the folks that you worked with. And this is when you were working in the arcade industry and you have so many great stories that I'm sure you're going to share at Storytime. Who is someone in the industry that has had a big impact on you? Yeah, well, I mentioned Eugene Jarvis um, early on, you know, Eugene, just a great game designer, a great business person. Uh, these little nuggets stick with you. It was late one night once, and I was working on the first game that I was the game designer, lead programmer, team leader on. And uh, it was a game that ended up, I think the final assessment was, it looked wonderful, didn't play great. And Eugene just stops me in the hall on the way out to the parking lot, and he says, hey, you know how you, uh, you know you're making a good game? And I go, no. And he goes, people will tell you you're making a good game. <laughs> and it was just one of those good lessons that just, you know, today, how do we get feedback about our games? We have, we're so plugged into the community and the internet and social media, but there's still that truth that if people see the early stuff you're working on and you're either going to get excitement or you're probably going to get silence and you want to look for that excitement. And if you're not hearing that, you've probably got some things that you want to go rethink about your game. And, you know, that was in a world where games took two years to make. Now they take longer and involve more people. But I think the sentiment is right, which is look for early signs that you're on to something cool. And I, that was a great nugget of wisdom from Eugene. You know, it's interesting because I, having started my career on the console side and you started on the arcade cabinet side, which are still a thing today. I mean, we even Halo, Halo, which is under your group, you've, there's a Halo arcade machine, but it must be, has been so interesting for you to see, to, to ride the wave from the eight bit to the 16 bit, to the cabinet era, to the home, to the PC. It's been a real roller coaster, but tell us what are, and I think you kind of gave the answer a moment ago. What's the through line that you, that has never changed? Is it just, is it just good games? It's good games. I think it's a couple of things. First, no game happens without teamwork. Like that's one of my favorite things about making games and working in games is just, it is people coming together and that the happy accidents and the collaboration that you get. You know, a lot of things have changed. I worked on driving games, racing games early in my career for a while. And, you know, we used to joke around that who's the poor person that has to go and make all the chain link fences for the racetrack, right? You know? <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, we just did a review of Forza Motorsport uh, a couple of few weeks ago. And, you know, they're still making racetracks like the Indy 500 and Road America and all these. There's still chain link fences. And today, though, a lot of those are procedurally generated and the technology is so much. But yet they're still making the chain link fences. Like, so, you know, there's still people that do the layouts for the tracks. So 
you know, it's interesting to, to look at something like Forza Motorsport, where some of the technology is just science fiction, right? Like the on-track ray tracing and the tire physics and things we could just never have imagined, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, but yet, a lot of the process about how a track is laid out and how different teams work on the environment and the track surface and the cars, and a lot of that is still the same. So that's something I like where, you know, even the most simple platforming game today could use something as advanced as ray tracing, but yet it has its roots in those platformers that we all played on the SNES, you know, long ago. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're absolutely right. Cause it's interesting you say, cause you worked on some of these racing games, but it's a far cry from the, the little, you know, maybe 30 or 45 pixel sprites that you made back then that were on the arcade screen, the CRT to what we're seeing, as you said, pointed out in Forza, which is where there's, there's millions and millions of pixels on those cars. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the, the photo real, the push towards photorealism and the graphics capability is the biggest thing, which is fascinating to me. Right. I mean, to think back to how much work went into, if you think about, I think it was pit fighter was the very first fighting game that had the ability to, uh, have sprites that could scale. So the yeah. character could move toward you and back. Right. And, you know, it was just terribly blocky, but at the time it was, it was magic, right? And, you know, you think back to like the first 3D games like Virtua Fighter, Virtua Racer, and just how far we've come. Um, I, I could talk for hours about that. So yes, awesome stuff. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this because one of my favorite arcade games was Spy Hunter. You know, dun, 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 dun. So I don't know. I'm going to talk to the guys on one of your studios and see if they maybe they can do that with forts or something. I need my Spy Hunter add-on, but that's just my personal <laughs> request. Um, you know, getting back, getting back to story time, when you're on the, what are you looking forward to when you hit the floor? You talked about you, how much you enjoyed walking around the floor. I mean, we've got Bandai, Devolver, Sega, Nintendo, a bunch of more on the show floor. What, what's your strategy when you hit the floor? You know, I, I just am always drawn to the person that's in that one back section that is sort of set up the card table with the monitor, you know, and they've got, the, you know, the who's going to be standing together. next to them? Is Chris Charla because he's always back there. <laughs> he's always back there. Chris is back there. Well, I just to me that's cool. just because you never know what you're going to see that ends up being the next big thing, and not that it's about being the next big thing. I just to me that is the embodiment of what's different about PAX is that you can show up with a card table in this little four foot wide booth and show your game. And I just some of the cool ideas and the innovation and just. The, the fact that people are doing that because they love it, th that's where I like hanging out. It's just fun to see. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best independent game dev shows around. We talked a little bit about, your, you know, you, you did a review of the next Forza, um, and you talked about Pentiment. What are some of the other things you're playing, like maybe released or unreleased? You talked about some of the unreleased stuff, um, but tell me about some of the release things that you're playing. Yeah, well, you know, right now there's just been a lot of focus on the stuff that's coming up right so uh having the chance to look at redfall as that comes together yeah. which is really cool um you know seeing some more builds as things come along on starfield which just continues to be uh really amazing and just a lot of excitement to see that which is really cool um you know, we just uh, did some reviews with Double Fine, looking at their upcoming slate of games, which is pretty cool, real early concept ideas. Uh, and I'll just say, I'm 
One of the things I'm most excited for when we get to talk about it is what NXile is up to. Um, they've just got something really cool coming together. And we were just down at that studio with Phil, Phil Spencer, and uh, he got to play it for a while. And uh, there's some cool mechanics in there. So just trying to keep up with what all the, the, the you know, the teams are working on. Um, as we talked about, we just did a really comprehensive review of Forza Motorsport. And uh, I it's just, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's really, really, I think going to be again, reset the high bar for what simulation and competitive racing games can be. Yeah. The other thing I love is what we do at the studios. And I'm sure other studios do this, but you know, you have a lot of folks talking to each other to borrow technology and ideas, whether, you know, it could be two different games. Like for instance, I, I think you were t- telling me about undead labs is working with one of the, one of our other studios. So the things that you just normally wouldn't think of, but again, to your point, a good games are good games and good gameplay and things matter and, and being able to, to, to use that synergy. Tell us, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we we have a structure in place. Um, we just call them summits, for lack of a better word. I don't know where we get subject matter experts together. Uh, they come together for one or two days, and it's grounds up. It's sort of grassroots by the people that do this work. So we'll have an animation summit, or even a user interface summit, or we'll have uh, Unreal Engine summit, Physics summit. I could go on. I think we did uh, in the last year close to 25 of these. Uh, And that's our main mechanism for the teams to share uh, technology back and forth. And so you mentioned Undead Labs. They're uh, working with the coalition up in Vancouver, our Gears of War studio, and um, using some of the uh, technology around Unreal 5 and some of the stuff that's been in Gears of War before to bring that into State of Decay. Which is another one, by the way, uh, most recently, I think it was just the week before last, we spent all day down at Undead Labs over in Seattle, which was great, getting the update on Stated K3, which uh, has really got some cool stuff. In addition to the fact that State of Decay 2 just continues to grow its user base, which is um, it's kind of this just stealth thing that just keeps growing. Um, and it was cool to get an update. I work, I think we hit 11 million life to date players on State wow. of Decay 2 now, which is pretty cool. And all of that, the things that they're doing in State of Decay 2 are really uh, the test bed, the proving grounds for all the stuff that's going into three. So, right. um, yeah, so, you know, even a, a game like Grounded, which uh, is coming up here to launch as uh, the 1.0 release, you know, a game like that made with a small team, it's really only possible because that team was able to leverage so much of the technology that Obsidian has put together, right? Like they've got this like toolbox available. And so this cool idea, you know, what if kids get shrunk down, trapped in the backyard, but that team's able to do a really, really a lot more than a team that size should be able to do because they're pulling stuff off the shelf that Obsidian has put together, that other studios have put together. Um, so the topic of sharing tech comes up an awful lot. And I think people can sometimes take that to mean we've all got to be on the same engine that's got some clever nickname and we all have it. But it's really not about that. It's, it's more about making sure that the teams are connected and that they've got access to each other so that they can pull those little bits and pieces together as they need them. Yeah, that's that's inter- that's just fascinating about all how people can learn from different things and that technology from a game that has nothing to do with one other game may show up. Like, um, you know, are we going to ray tracing in Pentiment? I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, you joke about that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but the ray tracing jokes abound. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you, you, 
you just never know. Well, Matt, I'm looking forward to seeing you this weekend. I'll be down there in person. I know that we're, we're excited. We're excited to have you tell some of your stories. And we're not, we're, again, you're not dropping new news about games and unreleased information. You're going to talk about your personal journey. And that's what I love about story time is they're so personal. Um, and I, I got to tell my story at my story time in, in Melbourne, Australia a few years ago, and I'm looking forward. I know some of yours, and I know I'm going to learn some things when I see your story time. So any any uh, last uh, thoughts before I let you go and get ready for your big uh, – I know you got a bunch of stuff to do between now and then, but getting ready for your, your keynote. No, it's just it's great to catch up. Glad we got to talk. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can frame this up as a window into what's going on in the development world and also – just uh, give a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look on how just about anybody can find a path into games these days if it's something that they've got a passion around. So I'm excited for it. So thanks. It's good to catch up. Matt Booty, CVP of Xbox Game Studios. Thank you, and I'll, we'll see you this weekend.